you got your Bible, we're going to finish out the I Worship series, which is, uh, Sister Karen said, listen, it's, it's been good, and, and I'm going to tell you something, I, I've had to lean on it this week. I've had to really lean on it this week, and uh, and sometimes, I don't know if uh, if you're a minister, sometimes, sometimes you just got to really dig for something. And uh, this week, I, I had to dig when I didn't want to dig, but I still, I, I had to dig. Sometimes we, we go through things and, and we don't understand why, but you know what? He's still good. And uh, so today we're going we're gonna to turn to Genesis chapter 22, verse number 1. If you would, let's stand for the reading of the word, please. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, who you love, and go to the land of Moab and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall send, I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, he saddled his donkey, and he took two of his sons, or took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering. And he rose and he went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young man, Stay here with the donkey and the lad. The lad and I will go yonder and we'll worship and we will come back to you. To me, that's such an awesome promise and how much faith that Abraham had. And in John chapter 4, verse 23, it said, But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. And just for a moment, as we finish out this last series on, on I worship, I want to speak on true worship. True worship this morning. If you would, just stretch your hands toward heaven and and pray with me and pray for me this morning. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, we love you and we adore you this morning. God, we thank you right now, Lord, that you are an awesome God. God, we thank you right now, Lord, that we may not understand certain situations or we may not understand what's going on, but God, we can still give you a true praise. We can still give you true worship, Lord. And God, I ask you right now, Lord, that you would take me, that you would hide me behind your cross, Lord. God, that you would speak every word through me this morning, Lord. And God, I pray right now, Lord, let us settle in our hearts, Lord. And God, I pray that you would just be God only like you can, Lord. God, we pray for your spirit to fall more now ever in our church. God, we need you, Lord, because now is the hour has come, Lord, when you're calling the true worshipers to arise, Lord. And God, I'm believing right now here at Freedom Point, Lord, here across corporate America, Lord, God, that the true worshipers are going to arise, Lord. And God, that we're going to worship you, Lord, with a heart that is truly for you. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Amen. As you can tell, uh, I'm not Pastor Sean, and uh, I know him and Angie's having a, a little getaway, and, and they need that. But uh, we're going to finish. And, and listen, it's hard to, to, to get up here after you go a month of, Sundays and Wednesdays preaching about worship, you're sitting there going, man, because I don't know, listen, Wednesday I thought Nicholas done a great job. 
and Pastor Sean's been knocking it out of the park. But as I was sitting here, and, and Friday, and Thursday, really, Thursday night, I, I was tossing and turning, and, and the Lord put Abraham on my heart. And, and I said, God, I said, I don't know what Abraham, you know, I mean, what's this going to be with, with worship? But, but the more that I just started looking about it, and, and, and God took me to, uh, he took me to verse number five, and that, that's really what, what stuck with me. He said, and Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey, that lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. And you know what? Something that, that just really stuck to me. And, and as I was uh, uh, just pondering on it just a little bit, I, I, I ran across the story. And I thought it was so so real today. Is There was an old story that, that I'd heard that a man had had a dream. And an angel had escorted him through one of the church services in heaven on one Sunday morning. And there he saw the keyboard musician and he was playing vigorously. And I, I could imagine it was a Pentecostal church, I, I would say, because he was playing vigorously. The, the praise team was singing. The musicians were playing their instruments with, with gusto. They, they had all kinds of enthusiasm. The man heard no sound. The congregation was singing, but there was no, it, but it was muted. When the minister got up to speak, his lips moved, but there was no volume. In amazement, the man turned to the escort in heaven and he asked for an explanation. This is the way it sounds in heaven, said the angel. You hear nothing because there is nothing. The people are engaged in a form of worship, but their thoughts are on other things and their hearts are far away from my presence. And you know, I, I got to thinking about that and and, and I, I, can, I can see where that can happen because that's happened to me. Even though we've come into a Pentecostal church, a, a church that where we want to worship God in, in all fullness, there's been times where my mind's been clouded and I've not given God a, a, a praise that He deserves. And you know, I, 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 I got to thinking about that, Sister Karen, and, and the last thing that I ever want to do is, is, is for God, for me to give God a half-hearted praise and Him not even receive it. I want to give God my very best. I, I want to offer him up a worship that only a king deserves, even though I don't deserve it. But you know what? He deserves the praise. But you see, I, I got to thinking, how many times have, have we give God a, 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 a praise that is not deserving to him? How many times have we come in and we've had other things? Or, you know, what, what was the thing that, that muted the sound? What, what could their hearts be focused on? Our hearts today, I, I believe that we can be focused on a whole lot of things. I don't know about you, but there's been times that I've come into church, I've been starved to death, and I'm thinking, man, pastor is preaching forever, and I'm starved. Amen? Anybody else been like that before? But you know what? Sometimes we, we get caught up, and you know what? What, what am I going to do after church instead of saying, you know what, God, I want to give you a true worship right now. I want to give, give you a praise that you deserve. So many times we get caught up in thinking that Kentucky can't beat uh, Florida yesterday, but Kentucky, if you don't know this, they can't beat hardly anybody right now. So listen, if you're getting tore up over that, listen, you're, you're wasting your time. So you might as well just get over and say, God, you know what? We give, we're going to give you a praise this morning. So many times we, we, we have teenagers that they stay up and they, they can't give God a praise that they deserve because they're too busy playing the Xbox. That may be for adults too. You see, there's a whole lot of things. It could be work. It could be bills. It could be other things. There's a whole lot of things that the enemy's trying to put in our mind that's trying to bog us down from giving God the true worship that he deserves this morning. 
You see, this morning, I, I don't know about you, but, but I, 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 could, uh, I, I could come up with all kinds of excuses, but what kind of excuse could he come up with whenever he could have died upon that, when he died upon the cross? He thought of each and every one of us. So you know what? He's deserving of our worship this morning. D.L. Moody went on, he, he said this, he said, uh, and listen, D.L. Moody, he'll, he'll punch you right in the face and then pray for you. But D.L. Moody said this, he said, you don't have to go to foreign lands to find false gods. He said, you can find them right here in the United States. He said, even in our local churches. He said, whatever they make the most time of, that is their God. You see, and I found three things that, that I just want to drive home this morning and, and then, then we're going to just let God have his way this morning. And, and I, I believe that there's three ingredients that, that God wants to, to put in us so we can give him true worship this morning. And the first one that I believe is humility. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but that, that's pretty tough for a lot of us men is whenever we get with humility. But I heard a preacher uh, preach another day, and, and he, he, he said a story, and it really just drove home to me. He said that, that he turned on the TV, he was watching the TV, and he turned on the, in the middle of a, uh, a worship service of a certain church, and in the middle of the song, and they were singing a song called, Holy Spirit, Thou Art Welcome. We sung that here before, we've, we've heard that, and... And during the song, the, every person that the camera panned on just showed them singing off the wall. And they were just standing there with no enthusiasm. Whenever the song was over, the congregation, they just sat down. And the rest of the service went on just like clockwork. You see, I, I believe that, that we put God in a certain type of box where he says, you know what, you've got to move in this certain time frame. That you got to move in this certain type of that this certain kind of atmosphere is this is how that you've got to move. It's Sunday morning. We can't have sister so and so shouting across the middle of the floor. We can't have everybody just acting up just a little bit. We've got to move in in a certain style, and you got a certain time frame. And that we put God in a box when God is saying, you know what? Don't limit me to a certain box, but let me have free reign so I can help broken people. You see, I got to thinking about it, and I started saying, you know what, God, we've lost sight of what true worship truly means. And in John chapter 4, verse 23, it says, but the hour is coming, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. He's looking around. He's seeking for somebody to say, who's going to give me a true praise this morning? Who's going to make me stand up in tension and say, you know what? I'm going to pour out my anointing upon you. Who's going to be the one that says, you know what? He said, now is the time. Listen, there's no greater time than right now than we're facing that the enemy is running roughshod over the church than right now. We need true worshipers. We need people that know how to pray. We need people that says, you know what? I don't care. I'll face anything. But he deserves a true praise this morning. Hey, man, he's looking for true worshipers. He's seen enough of the phony. He's seen enough of the fake. He's seen enough of the, of the people just going through the motion. But he's saying, you know what? I'm looking. And he said, now is the time. Now is the time. We can't wait till tomorrow. We've got a generation that's going to hell just as fast as the unlocked wheels of time will allow. We need some moms and dads that are saying, I want true worship back in the house of God. Hey, man, we need true worship. You don't have to look. All you got to do is turn on your TV. And we can see now that, you know what? 
church the way that we've always done it isn't going to do it anymore. But we need true worship. Nicholas, I thought you'd done a great job because I believe that so many people in the church today, so many people in the church today, we've come up and we've, we've hung our harps up, Nicholas. And we're not giving him a praise that he deserves. You see, we think that it's just the right thing to do coming in on a Sunday morning and saying, you know what, thank you, Jesus. I've got my, I've got my time in now. Too many people are, are giving up on what God wants to do in and through you. And so many times, as Nicholas preached Wednesday, they're just hanging their harps up and they're God's saying, no, no, I'll give you a praise. I've placed something on the inside of you. I want you to let it out. You see, Jesus set up a system of worship. So whenever we enter into worship, we no longer have control of ourselves, but we're submitting ourselves to the will of God. And that's where humility starts to kick in just a little bit. You see, humility is the first key to the success of true worship. You see, without humility, there can never be true worship in the house of God. Without humility, you can never get in your prayer room and truly experience a true worship with God. Because at first, we got to learn how to humble ourselves. We got to first learn how to submit ourselves before we can ever become true worshipers. You see, throughout the entire Bible, Primarily, we see in the Greek and the Hebrew, the word uh, worship means humility. You see, I don't know about you, but sometimes we have to learn how to decrease so that he can increase in our lives. Sometimes we have to, we have to get low so he can be, uh, all, uh, be uh, amazed, just uh, lifted up just a little bit. You see, without humility, you can't have true worship. Humility means to lower yourself, to submit yourself to the will of another. So when we worship, we are coming under the submission of the Holy Ghost. We're coming under the submission of the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to act and walk and speak in and through each and every one of us. You see, Romans chapter 12 says that, that you should present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. Sometimes I believe the hardest thing for us to do as Christians is to place ourselves on the altar and say, God, kill us. Because I don't know what you, he said, present yourself a living sacrifice. We talked about this a few weeks ago in our Bible study. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes Dwight has to put himself down on this altar. And I have to say, God, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. But I need you to find something. I need you to kill something in my life because there's something right now. Because I can't give you a true worship until I learn how to kill myself on this altar. We need to get back into the altars more now than ever. and Put your hands together and help give him a praise right now. Amen. We need to learn how to kill some things in our lives. But he said, you know what? It, it, that he went on to say that, you know what? That it's our spirit-filled churches. So many of our spirit-filled churches, we, we're not allowing the presence of God to move anymore. You know what? I, I believe that whenever we allow God to move, that we see things happen. You see, too many times we're saying, like I said a while ago, we're keeping him in a box because, you know, we got a schedule to keep, you know. There's a certain song that they so-and-so's got to sing. There's an announcement video that we got to play. There, the pastor, we got to make sure that he gets it. We got to make sure that we get all this stuff in, so we got to make sure that, God, you just got a little bit of time to move in. But all the while, the Holy Ghost, I believe the, the Spirit of God is saying, you know what, I, I'm seeking I'm going around. Whenever, when true worship comes in the house, that's when God starts to move. And he says, you know what? I can start healing broken hearts. 
I can start putting back together marriages that are busted. I can start speaking to suicide and it has to flee in the name of Jesus. You see, as long as we stay in control, the church will always do what the church has always done. We'll always have just usual church. And you know what? I, what I like about it is whenever we start to let the Spirit of God take control of our lives, we stop having church and we start becoming the church. That's what true worship will do. True worship will allow us to become the church and we don't have to have church the way that we usually do. I remember just a couple of Wednesday nights ago that we got in a place and true worship fell in the house. And I'm going to tell you something. Pastor didn't have to preach. Nobody had to do anything because I'm going to tell you when God shows up in the house, things will start to break. But whenever, I just love it whenever we just allow God to just take control. You see, it's when we allow the Holy Spirit to take over. It's whenever we allow, whenever we start to, to truly have genuine, true worship, that the sick will be healed, that marriages will be restored, that, the, that, that we'll start receiving our hope back, our joy back, our peace back, our victory, and the lost will come to know Jesus. You see, I don't know about you, but I, I remember whenever I first got saved, uh, I, I was in probably one of the greatest revivals that, that I'd ever been in, in in my life, and and I didn't realize it at the time, and I kind of got a little upset one day, and I said, you know what, I've been to church three times. I, it was a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, and a Wednesday night. And I said, the Holy Ghost fell in all three services, and, and we never had no preaching. And I thought, man, we, should, we need to have preaching. But God spoke to me, and he said, Dwight, he said, whenever I come on the scene, he said, I can do all things. And I started thinking, you know what? So I went back to church the next Sunday. The Holy Ghost fell again, and I started thinking, you know what? What's going on? And then we looked at the altar, and there was three young men getting saved. You see, I, I'm going to tell you something. It's when the presence of God falls in the house. It's when true worship starts going up. It's when the anointing will start to fall in the house. And that's when hearts will start to be dealt with. That's when God can save. That's when God can heal. That's when God can deliver and set free. You see, it, it's, it's in our service that, you know what, we, 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 our service may last a little bit longer, but you know what, that's okay. I don't mind it whenever the anointing's in the house. Listen, there's just something about the anointing. But when true worship comes in the house, that's when God takes full control. You see, I don't want him hanging around in some kind of back corner. We've heard people say that, that you know what, that, that the Holy Ghost, that, that we're just going to allow him to move on, on Sunday nights or, or Wednesday nights or we're going to put him in the back room. We're going to put him somewhere. You know where I want to see the Holy Ghost move? I want him to be right here. I want to be center stage. I want to present our Lord and Savior. I, I want him to be God right now more now than ever because whenever he becomes center stage, that's whenever the lost will see him and they'll come running to an altar. That's whenever the broken see him, they will start to shout because of their being healed. That's whenever the proud and the stubborn, when they see him, that they'll start to weep in humility. That's what true worship is. It first starts with humility. The second thing that true worship will do, we got to have faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, and the NIV says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him you see the first thing that we got to do we got to learn how to worship in humility we got to humble ourselves we can't we can't come to to God with a proud or a haughty spirit because you know what I, I love whenever I read this he said pride can do nothing but die in the presence of God 
You see, that's why it is so important that I believe today that it is so important that we need to create an atmosphere so the Lord can move because we know there's so many times that you don't know who you're sitting around. You don't know who's behind you. You don't know who's in the house because it's your true worship that may release the blessings from God to come down that may be able to touch somebody that's in the house. You see, that's why we can't take for granted just because, listen, I, I know that there's times that, that it's tough to give Him a praise, but you know what? It's time that we learn how to create an atmosphere that God can move in. It may not be the way that we we're comfortable with. You know what? It may be that we have to throw up one hand. It may be that we have to spin like a top. You see, we talked about it a, a couple of weeks ago. Your worship is different than my worship, but you know what? It's still worship. It's still, you know what? You may raise both hands. You may clap your hands. You may shout just a little bit. You may get on your knees, but I'm going to tell you something. God is wanting to move in the situation. But we need to let him move more now than ever. Because you don't know what that person that's come in here with is dealing with. See, God will have to die in His presence. The second thing that we're going to talk about is required for worship is our faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 6, it said the term earnestly, to seek Him, is translated as the word worship. So we can flip this passage around and we can say in Hebrews 6, for those who worship Him must believe, which is have faith, that He exists and that he will reward them. And you know what? That's where we come into looking at Abraham just a little bit. You see, you can read throughout uh, in Abraham. You can go through uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and you can see, you can find all the ways that God blessed Abraham. You see, because in the he, he was a hero, and, and listen, that's the book of heroes right there, and, uh, and you can see that. But I, I, I can read about a whole lot of things. We can talk for days, and you can preach many series about Abraham. But the one thing that I want to look at, I want to look how Abraham gave God a faithful praise through worship. You see, it, it was the first thing. This is, you know, I, I got to thinking sometimes, and we talked about, Nicholas, that it, it's easy to worship things whenever you're on the mountain. But whenever you're going through some stuff, that's, that's when worship gets tough. I've had to experience that firsthand this week. And sometimes, I, I, I'm just going to be a little bit real, I'm going to be transparent right now. If it wasn't for my wife, I don't know if I could have even gotten some worship up this, this week. But I needed it. But you know what, it was just something about whenever I could steal away and I could say, God, I don't know what you're doing. God, I don't know the plan. I don't even know why I'm going through what I'm going through right now. But I know this right now, you're worthy. You're worthy, and you know what, God? You've done it. You spoke something in my life years ago. And you know what, God? I'm just crazy enough to believe that if I give you true worship, that you're going to move in my situation. That's what true worship is. True worship is, is tough. Just like Jehoshaphat. We talked a few weeks ago. I, I'd say it was tough. For, how would you like to be in the worshiper that had to go out and stand still and, and give God a praise and the enemy looking around you? I'd say they were probably going, I don't know, just a little bit what's going on here. But this was the first this is the first instance of the word worship that was used in, in our English Bible. It comes from Abraham being asked to sacrifice Isaac, his son. In Genesis chapter 22, verse number 5, And Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with the donkey and the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. The passage reveals the first two steps of true worship. It shows humility that Abraham related the sacrifice of Isaac 
to worship. Now, I don't know about you, but listen, you better have a relationship with God if you're going to relate uh, sacrificing your son and, and, and bringing it into worship. But Abraham's view of things was a little bit different than what a lot of our view of things is. You see, Abraham's view of things was simply that, you know what, I'm going to go worship God. You see, faith is whenever he said in the last thing, he said, we will return back unto you. You see, Abraham knew that his God was going to provide. Abraham had a relationship with God that said, you know what, I know that God is going to provide. I know that I may not see how it's going to happen. I don't understand what I'm going through right now, but I know that I'm serving a God that's going to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. You see, I, I, I thought, how can Abraham make such a statement? It's because he had faith in God. Because he knew what true worship meant. Because he had a true relationship with God. You see, I, I believe that, that God would, would, I believe that Abraham believed one or two things. Either God was going to raise him from the dead, or he was going to spare him some way. But he knew without a shadow of a doubt that him and Isaac was coming back off of that mountain. They were going up. But he knew for a fact that them two were going to come back down because he told them. He said, me and the lad, we're going to go worship just a little bit. Can I tell you something right now? You may be going through something. You just look at your situation and say, you know what? You stay right here because me and God, we're going to go. I'm going to go right up here and I'm going to steal away just a little bit. You know what? I'm going to come back because I'm going to kick you in the face this time because I know what true worship will do. Amen. God wants us to get some true worship. Why? Because he's given us a promise that he spoke over us many years ago. And I believe that whenever he spoke this, and, 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 and I believe that he told Abraham, he said, Abraham, he told Abraham that his seed was going to be multiplied. And he knew that Isaac had no children, and he knew that the promise, he, he knew that it hadn't been fulfilled yet. And you see, I, I believe that, that it's just as God spoke this to me, I believe God's speaking it to somebody in here this morning that says, you know what, don't give up on your dream. Nicholas, I know you spoke about that Wednesday. Don't give up on your dream because I'm going to tell you something. If he spoke it, he's going to see you through it this morning. You say you may be going through some things right now, but I'm going to tell you something. God's already spoke it, so God's going to take care of every situation. Paul said in Romans chapter 4, Believe, have faith, and it shall be, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You see, in other words, heaven took notice just a little bit because we got to have faith in him. And the third thing is, worship has obedience. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not really that popular in today's time, is obedience. Because, listen, you, you can turn on the TV and, and, and you can look around because uh, there's no accountability, it seems like, anymore. We, we've got people that can burn down cities, that can tear down all kinds of stuff. We've got teachers that can't discipline. We've got things that, we've got some parents that don't discipline real well either, but I, I that. That's neither here nor there because that could be me. But the thing about that is, is it, it's hard to be obedient sometimes. You see, uh, humility and faith, if any one of those are missing, I don't believe that you can have true worship. The final thing that we got to look at is obedience. Obedience is like the icing on top of the cake. Obedience is the key that finalizes true worship this morning. Whenever, whenever we, we, we walk in His promises, and God speaks to us, what are we going to do with it? When God speaks to us, what are we doing with it? It, it doesn't matter if we come in and, and we humble ourselves and, and we have faith and God speaks into us and God pours into us if we, does, if we don't do anything with it. 
And that's what so many times God is saying, you know what? Obedience is simply our faith into action. God wants us to put our faith into action. You know what? I, I started thinking about uh, Abraham right after God told him. He said to go sacrifice on Mount Moriah, your son. And in verse number 3 says it begins with, uh, with these words. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. Now right there is where I want to just stop just for a second because for one, I, I'm kind of like Derek. We can't, no boys. But if I did have one, if I did, how hard duck would it have been? Because you're in the same situation. We've got a house in Reno. How hard would it have been even if he would have asked me to, to sacrifice one of my kids? If he said, you know what, Tana, it's your birthday, so your dad gets to take you up and sacrifice you today on Mount Moriah. You know what, Abraham, he, he, he was told this, and you know what, I want you to go sacrifice your son. I believe that he could have made every possible reason to have not went through with it. And you know what, that's just like us today. When God speaks to us, when we get into a place where we humble ourselves in humility and we have the faith that God can do it and He speaks through us, why do we reason with God on why He's doing it? I've been there this week. So many times we want to make so many excuses on why we can't do it instead of why we can do it. I'm sure Abraham could have made these uh, these arguments, and he could have used a lot of these. He could have said some things like, you know what, God, have you forgotten your promises? You remember that, you know what, I'm 100 years old, and uh, my wife is 90 whenever you give us Isaac. He could have said, you know what, through the, you, you promised that my seed will, will go through all the nations of the earth would be blessed. He said, Isaac is still a boy, and he has no children. Have you forgotten your promises? But that's not what Abraham did. Abraham could have tried to change God's mind, but he didn't. He simply saddled up his donkey, and he went and he obeyed him. That's what obedience is. James puts it best in, chapter, in, in James chapter 2. He said, faith without works is death. Then James went on to, he talked about Abraham more in James chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. He says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by his works faith was made perfect? Abraham's true worship was not made perfect until he actually attempted to carry out the call on Isaac. In verse number 10 it says, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I could picture because the Bible says that they, they chopped the wood, they, they took the fire with them. And never he went up there and Isaac asked, he said, Dad, he said, where's the sacrifice? He said, God's going to provide. Now, I, I couldn't imagine having that conversation with Hannah, but could you imagine... He gets up there, and, and, and he, he doesn't see anything yet. He's like, I, God, I know that you're But then he says, you know what, I, Isaac, I need you to lay down on the altar. But, Dad. And then he starts to bind him up just a little bit. I could imagine his heart was broken. And then whenever he started doing that, and then, thank God, whenever he stretched forth the knife, I, I, I could imagine he, he could have had it here. I don't know. And then the angel of the Lord spoke 
And he said, you know what? He said, I know that you're not going to withhold anything from me. He said, because that's what true worship is. Is It doesn't matter. Sometimes you may sacrifice the thing that means the most to you. Sometimes you may have to give the very thing up that, that you didn't want to give up. But God says, I want to see how much you love me. So what does that mean for, for your lifestyle with true worship? True worship is the way that God wants to invite for us. That, that's the way that he says, you know what, I, I want true worship. You need, to prepare, you need to be prepared to move whenever I say to move. You need to heed to the voice of the Lord. Jesus said in John chapter 4 that true worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. We need to be seeking after the presence of God more than ever now. Hey man, we need the Holy Ghost. We need the operations of the Spirit more now than we've ever had it in, if we ever needed it. We need the presence of God in our churches more now than ever. But this is what I like because this is what uh, true obedience is. He said, we worship in spirit through our humility and our faith. We worship through our obedience by faith and action. It's by us being the church and using words if necessary. If Abraham would have not went through with the sacrifice, then you know what? It would have been Abraham's plan instead of God's. He said, I want to see, Nicholas, you can come to the music this morning. In closing this morning, I, I believe that God is seeking people that want to give Him true worship. I believe that God is calling the church back to holiness. I believe that God is calling the church back to a place where we get back into the altars. I know that we're going through COVID. I know that we may have to wear a mask. I know things may be a little bit different. Things aren't the same that they were a couple years ago. But I'm going to tell you something. We still got to learn how to kill ourselves at this altar. There's some things that, that you can do from your seat. There's some things that you can, but there's, some, there's only a few things. There's only one way that you can sacrifice, and that's at an altar. I believe if you're going to be faithful in worship, I challenge you to, to be a true worshiper this morning. If you will, let's stand across the building. Because I challenge you to humble yourself this morning. And say, God, whatever it is in me, Lord, whatever I, I can give so you can just be God in my life, I'm going to give it to you this morning. I challenge you to allow God to speak in you and be ready to move whenever he speaks. You will let's bow our heads. Dear God, I thank you this morning. I praise you, Lord. God, I know that you're looking for true worshipers, Lord. And God, I know they're in the house right now, Lord. God, I feel your presence. I feel your anointing, Lord. God, I ask you right now, Lord, that you would just let us get back to a place, Lord, that we can worship you with a whole heart. God, let us forget about everything that's going on around us, Lord. Don't. Let us forget about the things, Lord, that are holding us back from getting in truly into your presence. But God, I know that you're calling us back to true worship. And God, I pray right now, Lord, I know there may be somebody here to this morning, Lord, that may say, you know what, Lord, I'm lost. I don't know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. If that's you, would you just be honest and say, that's me. Would you just say a prayer for me? 
Maybe you're here this morning, you say, I'm backslidden. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me? You just, just pray. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, you know what? I want to be a true worshiper. I want to be somebody that says, you know what? I want to go after him with all of my heart. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I have to sacrifice, but I only know if I want to worship God truly that I'm going to have to sacrifice myself for true worship. I'm going to have to humble myself. If that's you this morning, you say, you know what, do I, I want to be a true worshiper. I challenge you, let's put on our mask and let's come to this altar and say, God, I don't care what it's going to take, but I want to be a true worshiper this morning.